Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia EV6 and Sportage, Cars of the Year and Luno SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Yes, good evening everyone and welcome to Sports Day and welcome to Angle Park Greyhound Track for the Tab Adelaide Cup on this Friday in Adelaide. This is Ben Hook joining you, joining me, the 246-game player for the Adelaide Crows, Richard Douglas. Dougie, good evening. Good evening, Ben. Nice to be out here in a nice crowd gathering for that Lake Cup. It's uh, a lot of history behind it. First off, me actually being out here, so I'm pretty excited. Well, I'll tell you what, let's just talk about it first of all. We're in the auditorium at Angle Park, so we're on the ground floor. We're sort of underneath the grandstand, if you like. There's an amazing crowd here. I've seen people just flocking in. It feels like the Adelaide show to me. So there's this beautiful little area in the centre where people are sitting and having meals. There's a bar, there's a TAB, there's the Adopted Dog program over there. There's a couple of food vans. I can see the uh, the fat blokes making pizzas over there. Um, There's a coffee machine as well, and it's not warm in here either. So the coffee guy's (laughs) going to do a a roaring trade. The snag wagon as well. So there's a lot going on. It is spectacular. And plenty of kids, which is great to see. Great family outing. Come here on a Friday night, see the dogs run around and and get a feed and have a drink and enjoy it. I don't know if you've been to the dogs before, but the one thing I love about Angle Park is that they go around every 20 minutes. It's unbelievable how quickly the next race is. You go to the races and there's a fairly big lag time between races, but here, I tell you what, they are going around uh, extremely quickly. I tell you the other thing that's been amazing for me, Dougie, and we can see it going on behind us now. I think they call this the kennel house behind me, and this is uh, quite amazing. So I've just always thought the dogs go to the kennels and then they're sent out onto the track and off they go and run. But they're actually put through quite a stringent test in this room that's behind us here. So they come up that ramp and there's a veterinarian there who gives them a full once over. They come down the other side and then they're weighed over here as well. So um, it's great to see that they're obviously taking a lot of care in in, in these animals as well. And just seeing the greyhounds go past the size of their glutes, (laughs) it's quite incredible. I could not believe it. But uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the greyhound for pets uh, probably a bit later so you talked about the care that these dogs get it's fantastic and they do make great pets post uh their, their, their racing careers yeah huge show for us here at uh, angle park for the tab adelaide cup meeting as i said we'll be catching up with todd gray he has got some absolute specials for us he is always good for a winner and you reckon he is going to be red hot on adelaide cup night the ceo of uh, greyhound racing sa is bedell francis Really good mate of mine. I'm looking forward to catching up with her. She'll be telling us everything that's going on uh, in the world of greyhound racing. And we'll catch up with an old mate of ours as well, uh, Chris McDermott, who's here with the Little Heroes Foundation, of course, the, the inaugural captain of the Adelaide Crows. Looking forward to talking to him. Jar Time, the home of freshly brewed tea. This 
thirsty at char time explore our ready-made signature drink range inspired by char time fan faves now, did you get your lemon ginger in last night did you i tell you what, I, I had one very late yeah new daughter and not sleeping that well at all so i went to the lemon ginger at about two o'clock this oh, morning wow. yeah so but it wasn't a char time and i do need to get hold of a char time at some point in the not too distant future uh let's just uh wheel around what has happened with uh, the trade period today not a lot has happened and i reckon there's a, a fairly significant reason why um let's just talk about jason horn francis as well i've got a, a really interesting story uh david king has absolutely put his foot down and said that pretty much similar to what you have been saying that there is very very Little possibility that Jason Horn Francis makes his way to Port Adelaide unless Port Adelaide are really prepared to give up what they're not prepared to give. So a couple of his quotes. Uh, I would be holding Horn Francis to his contract. I think sometimes as a club you can be super strong and say, we're just not accepting what a manager says. We're a footy club. We've got to back ourselves in. We've got another year of our contract. So David King, of course, is a North Melbourne man. You Obviously, you're going to expect him to hear the North Melbourne side of things. But he is absolutely adamant that uh, if you can hold... This is what he said here. If you can hold for 12 months, the Adelaide Crows, right now invested in Isaac Rankin, next year they free up and you get two SA clubs at an auction and two is far better than one. You were adamant this week that this is going to be a very tough deal to do. Have, have you changed your opinion on that? No, I stick with that. No, I, I agree completely with what David King has said there. Uh, that makes complete sense. And North Melbourne need to put a, uh, draw a line in the sand, really, and be strong here and, and you know tell um, Jason that they, he is a required player and they want him. They will, uh, you know, hopefully Clarko comes back and they will do everything in their power to make an enjoyable environment for him next year and keep him. If not, we know the Crows will be into him next year. And as he said, two clubs better than one. But I've got a little bit of mail that uh, things are getting a little bit complicated with the Horn Francis deal and the Crows are just just waiting in the wings a little bit. Um, Things are... There's been a lot of conversation today and not a lot of things have happened officially with yep. the trade uh, deal, but I think everyone's trying to get their ducks in line, ready for the next three days to just go bang. Very keen on hearing your Isaac Rankin mail. I just want to ask you a question about Port Adelaide and Jason Horn Francis and Junior Rioli as well. We know that they're also into Asava Radigalia from Geelong and that looks like that will happen uh, as part of a, you know, a mid to lower pick. I just want to ask you this question. I don't know if I've got the answer, but is Port Adelaide acting in bad faith, refusing to deal in some of their better players if they are trying to get Junior Rioli in and they're trying to get Jason Horn francis in? Um, they want a South Australian who's in Victoria and they want a player, a South... I mean, he's in Perth, but he's got some South Australian links, Junior Rioli. So should they be offering players from there? And I want to ask you this question on the basis of this statement. Remember back to the Chad Wingard trade in 2018? Mm. And they were adamant that they wanted a red-hot player and they got Ryan Burton out of Hawthorne. I don't think anyone's complaining at Port Adelaide that they got they got that deal done. Do you think Port Adelaide needs to show some good faith and maybe just start to even offer up a Mitch Georgiades to go back to Perth and then say, but we also want something on the way back, but just start to actually offer up these players? Uh, yes, I think they're playing a dangerous game, though. If they entertain the idea of a Butters, Dersmer and these type of players back to Victoria for a Horn Francis, that can really mess with your culture. 
right. um, significantly. That could be uh, big issues. We know they're really well liked um, externally, but internally really well respected. Uh, Going to be 10-year-plus players with leadership qualities, and you're just not quite sure what you're getting with Horn Francis with that off-field side of things. Is he going to buy into the club? You'd think he would, but they're the sort of frictions and uh, fractures that can open up in a group really quickly if you do get rid of Locker Butters, who's a heart and soul player of the club, to try and get someone else in. That is a dangerous line to be going down. But again, they're in a window where they need to act and they're looking for a flag. So it's, it's a bit of a catch-22, that one. Uh, Port Adelaide uh, young gun Xavier Dersma adamant that he has no interest in uh, returning to Melbourne and going to, uh, or going to West Coast, of course. Uh, I mean, his sister um, has come yeah. and played for the Crows, uh, the Crows, the Port Adelaide AFLW team as well. Isaac Rankin, there is some interest going on here. I'm interested in uh, your mail and what your thoughts are, and I reckon there's a bit of news around that suggests that Rankin to the Crows for pick five, there might be uh, just a little bit of a fly in the ointment there. Yeah, well, I think, obviously, uh, they've got some futures next year, I believe, which they can still offer up. But they, that pick five with something else might be enough to get uh, a Horn Francis still. So mm. I understand the Rankin deal hasn't gone through, which we expected really yesterday to get yeah. done. So there's been some hold-ups there, um, whether it's Gold Coast not accepting what the Crows have offered, which I find hard to believe because... They've had a lot of time to line this up. We knew about six weeks ago we wanted to land at the Crows. Obviously, something has happened of late where there's been a spanner thrown in the works. So, um, a bit to play out there. So, they'll probably catch their breath over the weekend and relaunch uh, come Monday because, uh, yeah, a bit going on. Here's something I want to throw at you. There's all sorts of talk at the moment that clubs are going to the AFL and saying... Can we, if, if you trade out a future first rounder, you can't trade out any more future picks. Yeah. The clubs are going to the AFL and saying, what about for this year you let us trade out more of our future picks? Yep. Do you think Adelaide are potentially just seeing where that's going to drop because they could potentially throw a far more lucrative offer of future picks to Gold Coast to get Isaac Rankin in this year and retain pick five which they potentially use as a last-minute bid for Jason Horn francis Or, if they don't get Horn francis they've still got pick five to maybe have a crack at a Matthias Philippou, yeah. who is doing some really wonderful things at Woodville West Orange. Son of Sam. That makes complete sense, and I would uh, that would be my mail that is happening, because not much has happened today, and it's this now report has come out that the AFL is investigating. Can this be done so that's I guess why a lot of deals haven't gone through today so that would make really good sense um, they know what they're going to get with Rankin if they could you know perfect world get Horn Francis as well instead of having to go to the draft they're hopefully getting two highly talented players you know you've already got them um, and then obviously a local lad in the draft they potentially could get would be a pretty good result. 0437 If you want to have your say uh, about anything, you can talk about the draft. You can trade up to Continental Ties this trade period. Uh, have a conversation with Richard Douglas. Put your opinion over text. 0437 Let's just do a quick around the grounds. We're going to talk, I want to talk about Matt Crouch, yeah. but we'll do that at the end of the show. We'll yep. save that up because I know that you are very close to Matt. You've got some really good thoughts on him and how he could genuinely fit in either, well, 
in, in particular at another AFL club. We will talk about that just very quickly. The Redbacks, I think they finished today at 7 for 210. I haven't checked if they've got eight back 8 for 219, I believe 219 so. the last time we saw. Okay, so probably about, unders yeah, for the Redbacks. Yeah, 90 behind. So. Just a, a couple of guys. Look, I, I think that, that was always going to be a marginal wicket to bat on. Um, Adam Boland is a superstar bowler. And I think our batters just didn't quite handle the conditions and the new ball early. Travis Head, of course, saved the day once again, uh, but got out nicking late. Uh, Alex Carey also performed well in the middle order. Just Nathan McSweeney, I don't know where he fits in the side. I think he's a good player and he's had some he's had some good performances. Yeah. Um, but he's batting seven and he's going to bowl some part-time spin. I don't know. I'm just... I, I know why they're trying to pick him and I know that he hasn't been a liability, you know, but... I don't know where he's placed. Yep. We, 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 I've just got him on watch, and we might just keep an eye on him right. over the next couple of weeks. The 36ers went down to Oklahoma City Thunder. They did, 131 um, to 98 against yeah. Josh Giddy's OKC. So, a bit of a letdown after the Suns, but great experience for the team, absolutely. In, in the end, absolutely well worth it, wasn't it? Yeah. The, the experience they've had over there, they'll come back, they'll take on the Jack Jumpers. Um, when they return, so uh, that's been a great experience for them. Uh, Randall the second with 27 points, Franks with 20, and uh, Cleveland with 19, so 131 to 98. We need to take a break. On the other side, we're going to be catching up with Bedell Francis, who is the CEO of Greyhound Racing SA, and get your pencils and paper ready because Todd Gray, I can see oh. him right in front of me here. He's throwing fist pumps already. He hasn't even given us a tip. He's already reckons he's got a couple of winners home. Todd Gray to join us with his elite tips very shortly. Don't go away. You're listening to Sports Day. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year, and Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year, and Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Yeah, this is Sports Day with Ben Hook and Richard Douglas. We're doing it thanks to Weeks. Discover exceptional customer service weeks homes discover different if you want to have a conversation with our 246 gamer for the adelaide football club 0437 693060 we're coming to you live from angle park it is tab adelaide cup meeting tonight it'll be race eight todd gray with his tips very shortly but first of all the chief executive officer of greyhound racing sa bedell francis has joined us. Bedell, welcome to Sports Day and thank you for welcoming us to this amazing facility. You're absolutely welcome. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm a little bit out of breath. I've been doing <laughs> laps of the track. I've watched you. You're going as fast as some of the greyhounds that race out on the track here. You've been all over the shop. So uh, this is a big night for the club, obviously. Absolutely. We're so happy with the amount of people that are coming in. We uh, just wish that weather would, would hold out, but the sun seems to be somewhat coming out at present but we've got food trucks we've got corporate areas we've got kids games something that, for everyone Bedell that's the one thing that has really stu- stood out to Dougie and myself is the amount of kids here I can see there's probably it just in my eye line now there's about 25 kids here so that it, it really you've appealed to families that looks like what you've really aimed for we have face painting. As I said, we've got pancakes and strawberries. How could you not want to be here? <laughs> bouncy castles. So big kids, little kids. We welcome them all. You love a bouncy castle, don't you, Dougie? I do. My young fellow loves it too. I should have brought him down. He'd uh, be all over that and the sausages out the back. Hey, tell us a bit about the Greyhounds for as pets program that you run here in, in SA. I previously was a Greyhound owner myself and we're lucky enough to 
find friends to move the greyhound on post their career, but it's not often that easy. Tell us a little bit about that. We're really proud of our Greyhounds as Pets program and uh, we actually had a record amount of adoptions last year, 488. One of the things that we're most proud about is our affiliation with the Little Heroes Foundation. So every Greyhound that's adopted, it's only $150, a lot cheaper than any of our, our, the designer dogs out there. Uh, we, we give a donation through to the Little Heroes. The, the process is incredibly easy but very thorough and uh, we've got lots of puppies here tonight for people to pet to pat and learn a little bit more about, about the breed. And tell us a bit about a greyhound. What sort of pet do they make? You see them here, they are quite large dogs, we know that. But what's their temperament like? The best part about greyhounds is that they're, they're the dog for everyone. So yeah. some of them love lots of zoomies and walks. Others are 100% love to sleep. Uh, they can go on farms, they can go in apartments, there are small dogs, bigger dogs and uh, a variety of different colours. So they really are the dog for everyone and our team will match the perfect greyhound with, with your household and personality. But Videl, much of your life has been spent in racing. Of course, you were uh, the chair of uh, Racing SA. Um, just tell us about the transfer over to a bit of a different industry and what, what are your hopes, what are your plans mid to long term for greyhound racing? Look, I've been really lucky to be in racing for, for a really long time. So regardless as to what the code is, it's all about the community and the fabric and the people. You know, it's like an industry like no other. It's exciting. It's got events. Um, obviously, being able to back a winner is always fabulous, um, sometimes challenging. But look, my, my key is to continue to get the word out there, grow the industry through awareness and make sure that when people do come on track, they have an amazing experience. Wonderful. Obviously, the Adelaide Cup tonight, it's probably your biggest event for the year. Uh, we've got 12 races on the cards. Any, uh, any mail for us on the, the, the big race, race eight? Um, if anyone has got a bit of an inside word, we'll speak to Todd Gray very shortly, but I would have thought the CEO well, would have a finger on the pulse. Oh, look, we're incredibly lucky since our track redevelopment and we've got such a beautiful facility here. We have fantastic South Australian hospitality and wine, definitely attracts the interstaters. We would love a South Australian local, potentially Mally Magic, but I don't want yep. to give him the, the mockers um, on it. Sorry. Uh, look, Wow, She's Fast is an incredibly impressive animal. I don't think I'll quite run as fast around this facility <laughs> as she, she can run, but... We would love a local to get up. Yeah. How does that work with uh, here in South Australia and, uh, and interstaters and trying to get the, the big dogs in? I know that can be a challenge in racing. What's it like here in greyhound racing? Look, there's a lot of competition, but as I mentioned, South Australia is a great, great place. We've got a great track. Sean, our racing manager, does a fantastic job putting on a fantastic card and a great program, and that definitely appeals. And let's be frank, everyone loves to win a cup. We've had some amazing animals that have, have run around for the cup and, and got that title. So it's definitely one that someone wants on their mantelpiece. Bedell, I know you've got so much to... Uh, you've already done so much and you've got so much to do tonight, so we won't hold you up for much longer. But uh, thanks so much for your time. Enjoy the night. Back a winner. We're going to try and back one as well. We're going to speak to Todd Gray very shortly. But uh, thanks for joining us here on Sports Day. My absolute pleasure. Enjoy your night. Bedell Francis there, the CEO of Greyhound Racing SA. Good enough to join us. She's. Uh, it's. I just saw her... 
leaving, le- le- taking the minister up the uh, up the stairs there. So she's uh, she's bolt back down to join us. Uh, but we'll leave Bedell to it and thank her for her time. We're going to catch up with Todd Graver shortly. I just saw him in the vicinity, so um, we'll get all the, of the hot tips. Have you got a hot tip for us tonight, my man? Oh, the, my hot tip is get over and try all the food trucks. To be <laughs> honest, it looks fantastic. She's done a Bedell and the whole team at. Greyhound Racing SA has done a fantastic job. The place looks excellent. Uh, as we mentioned, families are here. Uh, everyone's enjoying themselves on a Friday night. So um, what a great event. And looking forward to obviously the you know the racing and, and what comes with it. So no one runs the dogs like South Australia. And for expert Greyhound Racing tips, you follow at the Dogs SA on Twitter or Greyhound Racing SA on Facebook. And right on cue, our man Todd Gray, who's brought in a bottle of port that's about 40 years old. Just give us the 40. quick rundown on where that's from, mate. 42 to be exact. Uh, th- this is a bit of a memento from the family here. My family won it. We won it. But I say we, I was seven years off being born. <laughs> we won the Adelaide Cup back in 1980 with a dog called Youthful Prince, trained by uh, my uncle Howard, uh, Father Vaughan over there and Johnny Gray. Uh, so yeah, 1980 he took it out. Timmy was his kennel name. So little. Uh, that's my favourite cup and I wasn't even born. Righto, so let's just get off to the start that we've had, which is uh, you're actually in the doghouse. Uh, we <laughs> yeah. can use that term here because you gave us a tip for the first that you thought was going to run a place and it's run fourth. So you're oh. going to have to make it up to us, mate. What We want to know what your best is for tonight here at uh, Angle Park. Uh, my best, lads. It's, uh, it's going to be a late one. So if you get a coffee, make it a double. Uh, we're going for race 11, number four, Scorching Sun for mine. It's only a three dog race. Race has been decimated by scratchings here. So we've only got three dogs. Uh, two of them need the lead, one doesn't. Scorching Sun does not need the lead. Um, right. I think the five, Victor Kurt, goes straight to the front. The two will lob second. Scorching Sun will be third of the three early, and that's exactly what we want. The two front runners take each other on, spend all their petrol tickets, and then the four, he's won over the longer distance to absolutely storm home. Um, look, he's, only, he's $2.60 at the moment. I think he'll have the red light flashing next to him by the time they jump. I think he will be favourite. Um, and yeah, I just think the small field suits him to a tee, and if he's within three or four lengths, Get into the 600 metre boxes, he will just he'll gobble them up late. 260 in a three horse race, not yeah, bad. Yeah, obviously, short price there, we'll take that one, but give us a bit of value. What do we want? We're going to you know, get some money in early and load up on a bit of value. What do you got for us? Bit of pizza on the box, please, Troy. <laughs> yeah, easy. Um, well, we'll go with the cup. Um, I like two at double figures in the cup. Now, I, in saying this, I'm betting against the best dog in well the world right now, and yeah. wow, she's fast. Uh, look, a dollar fifty for mine in a Group One race from Box Five. I just can't come at it. Mm. Um, look, I'm not saying she can't win, but at a dollar fifty, she's not going to carry any of mine on there. Um, I'm torn between backing two dogs each way in the cup. Now, my heart, and I've got to be honest, I've got an all-in bet going on this. My wallet says the one Mally Magic. <laughs> it's easy to go over the heart when the wallet's attached. Uh, it's a true blue South Australian, born and bred in SA. Uh, box one, if anything, she actually does want to run a little bit wide there, but she does anything in a race. Um, look, I just reckon it's every chance. Look, I'd rather be on Mally Magic and a dog called Fernando Mick. He is the most adamant professional greyhound I've seen. He just never knows how to run a bad race. Goes from any draw, any distance, anything. You can get double figures both of them and black figures for the place. I would rather be on either or both of them each way than the favourite at $1.50, which I think is going to be one of the shortest price, if not the shortest price favourite in the history of the Adelaide Cup. Wow, she's fast by name and by nature. So that's the Adelaide Cup. Have you got anything else that uh, might have a bit of a price for us? Maybe something in race seven, I think you were mentioning to me earlier. Yeah, race seven. There's a... one, once again, we're going to back two dogs here in this in this race. Uh, just back them both to win. I wouldn't. Uh, there's only two dividends here. I wouldn't go each way. 
Um, the main bet for me is race seven, number three, Hoogley. Uh, he's probably more speaking. He's probably my second best bet of the night. He's around about the $485 mark at the moment. He's in career best form. Uh, over this distance, he is a front runner, so I think he can show pace and go sh um, straight to the front here. And he's got, it's going to be hard to catch. I don't think they will catch him, but there is a dog just save on. Just have your nickels and dimes on the <laughs> six here, a dog called Man of Substance. I just reckon at nearly double-figure odds, it can pop up at a price. So main play, number three, Hoogley in race seven, and just your saver on the six. Toddy Gray, I am loaded up. Good on you, mate. Thanks for your tips as always, and uh, we look forward to uh, making a bit of money over the course of the evening. Oh, fingers crossed. No worries, boys. Toddy Thanks, Gray, they're always, uh, always a star for us here on Sports Day. The Kia Sportage has been crowned Drive Car of the Year. See it at kia.com.au, and you can rely on local Repco Authorised Service Centre for expert car service, book online at repcoservice.com. We're live from Angle Park. You're listening to Sports Day. Sports Day for Kia. The Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year and Lumo SA. Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Ben Hook and Richard Douglas coming to you live from Angle Park Greyhounds. It's the Tab Adelaide Cup meeting this evening. We've already had a bet, and uh, sadly, it's already run fourth, and we had it in for third, so uh, we're a little bit unfortunate there. But hopefully, thanks to Todd Gray's tips, uh, and I'll give them out maybe just before we wrap things up, uh, Todd Gray uh, can find us a winner over the course of the rest of the evening. The week's open line, discover exceptional customer service. Week's homes, discover different. Uh, a special guest here joining us, Dougie's thanks to Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer. Their buying power puts the power in your lane. The inaugural captain of the Adelaide Football Club, a legend of Glenelg, a coach at North Adelaide, uh, but more importantly... Hooking making me days, sound very, very old. The CEO of the Little Heroes Foundation. You've got a, a stake here, of course. Chris McDermott, welcome to Sports Day. Well, good to be here, boys. Hello, Richard. Nice good to, to see you. Uh, love coming here. Greyhound Racing has been a really big part of uh, the foundation's fundraising over the last five, six, seven years, you know, through Grantley Stevens, Matt Corby when he was CEO, now Bodell Francis. And um, people say it's a bit of an unusual combination, but... I think through Greyhounds as pets and mm. the adoption uh, programs that they've got running has been a great source of uh, revenue for Little Heroes Foundation and um, great for the Greyhounds to find new homes and be really looked after. And You see them on the streets now. Hookie, when you and I were kids walking the street, you'd see the Greyhounds muzzled. And yes. If you saw one, you'd be a little Terrified. bit... Terrified. I'm not going yeah. to pat that one. And now they are the most placid, mm. beautiful dogs you could see and you see them out in the streets or in the park and they can roam free now. So um, everybody's happy. Just tell us what you've got going on upstairs. I imagine you've got well, a, I've had a beer. Here. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. Magnificent. <laughs> oh, there's a little bit of hospitality up there and a bit of uh, corporate um, facility upstairs. So just get a chance right on the window. Uh, so you look out over the, the finishing post and watch my dog come last as they normally do. Yeah. I'm the worst punter. Yeah. You would think after you come so often you get a little bit better and sort of know what to do, but uh, I've been a bad punter for about 40 years now. But it, it's a, I, I find it's a lottery, this game. I mean, yeah. how, how can you tell? Because no. if, if in racing I'm backing jockeys rather than horses, no one rides these things. Because then you've got somebody to tell off and, yeah, exactly. and, and get angry <laughs> and throw your anger out. Now I've just got box one, box eight, box five, oh, I've given up, you know, so... Uh, no, I, I'm useless. I, I, 
I try really hard, and the more I try, the worse I get. I, I won't lean on you about uh, what's going on with football, but uh, uh, do you follow it these days? I know you, you know you had a huge media role, and I was just saying to Doug, yeah. I used to love listening to you on Double A and everything you did with special comments. Are, are you still involved? Do you follow it? Hooky, it's a, it's a really interesting question, and the answer to that is um, no. Mm-hmm. So, you know... You adore it for so long and you're involved in it and then you have children and all of a sudden uh, opportunity shrinks and priorities change and responsibilities change. So um, I stayed in it for a long time. The last two years, I've probably watched one game. Wow. Which after, I I, I didn't miss. And if I didn't miss or wasn't calling or having to write... You'd watch it on, t- and you mm. you know you get in that routine where it's Friday night or it's Sunday afternoon, and I'm watching the footy. Yeah, everybody else do what you like, but I'm busy. But life's changed. I know you're, you've replaced it, and there's other things to do. But do you miss it? No, no, no. And I'm nearly sixty, so yes. you know, and it's been forty five, forty five years, maybe fifty years of your life. So um, there are other things to do um, before that day comes when you're not doing anything so um no i don't and richard's probably in a better position to join us and talk about this but i've found the game to watch in the over the last couple of years frustrating to the point of annoying to the point of disinteresting um and so the choice not to watch wasn't difficult, if that, that makes was, sense. Yeah, it does, absolutely. That was 100%. my question. What do you think of the state of the game? Obviously, when you played through the uh, 80s and 90s, what uh, the game's changed a hell of a lot, and a lot of rules keep changing. We try to always you know, evolve with the game, but what annoys you about the game, particularly today? What turns you off? That's a, How it's long a, have we got? It's probably like that. You know... Everything turns me off about yeah. it. You know, I just... Richard, I, I really... Like, like we all do, you know, eras change and you've got to be able to adapt with those eras and enjoy the evolution of the game. And I always have until the last couple of years. Now, did COVID play a role? It probably did and took a little bit of the, that interest out of it. And the game seemed to come back a little bit this year. But I think that the changing of the rules... The, the over-changing of the rules to, to a game that was largely great. And I, I'm always a believer that the game will fix itself. Yeah. You don't need people sitting in suits changing the game, thinking they know how to fix it. Let it fix itself. Just breathe and get through it. And uh, they were jumping at too many shadows. It annoyed the you-know-what out of yeah. me. And <laughs> I, you know what? I really enjoy SNFL footy and I love... Uh, amateur footy so I go yep. to a lot of amateur footy I go to Norwood Oval watch the grand finals there and my, my, my brother's lad was playing for uh, Shock's Old Scholars um, unfortunately they didn't didn't win but um, I, I love that competition it's really good it's open and great fun stand oh, on the beer having a, uh, he'll having a beer interested in your thoughts because you played in an era where it was very much part time obviously yeah. now we're full time and I experienced that as well and that sort of for me took the love and the joy out of the game because you were paid for it to become your job you were part time tell us about how that would work with your life and you know football you would sort of work full time and then come to training you must have loved it and it was a real passion it never felt like a job for you guys 
No, no, it's never. I mean, you, you know, towards the end, there was a little. It, it became a little bit more challenging, uh, time-wise, and players were starting to not work. But it wasn't the game hadn't moved professional. No, it was easy. You know, you, training was largely Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and that grumpy Sunday yeah. morning training, <laughs> yeah. which you, which you did. Um, slightly unwell on, on a Sunday morning after a very late game, obviously hooky on a, on a Saturday night when the game seemed to go to about 5am or 6am Cric- on, on a Sunday morning. Cricketers could have some bad Sunday mornings. We were still playing on Sunday afternoon. Cricketers had bad Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday mornings, not just Sunday mornings. Um, yeah, look, I, I loved that part of the game where you could work and you could be distracted it wasn't footy 24 7 and I was as much a footy tragic as anybody Mm. and I think I would have enjoyed this era had I been born into it and not known the previous era but to be able to work to be able to train and to be able to enjoy football back then I've always openly admitted I love the beer and love the social side of the game and thought it was really important for that era now, I know it's, not, it's a different era now and it's changed, but I love that part of it where game was over yeah. and you could <laughs> enjoy each other's company and then start it all again Monday morning. Uh, we're talking to Chris McDermott, the inaugural Adelaide Crows I apologise for anything I may have said. No, it, it, it's absolutely <laughs> wonderful. And now, of course, the head of the Little Heroes Foundation has a great relationship here with uh, Greyhound Racing SA as we get ready for Tab Adelaide Cup meeting. We're doing it thanks to... KO, don't risk missing all of your team's matches of the T20 World Cup on KO Sports. Watch the T20 Cricket World Cup on KO Sports. Well, you're talking about the cricket, give me something because uh, I've seen the Redbacks today not have a great start. We, we talked about them earlier in the show. So we, we said last night mm. at, at the end of day one, you didn't really know who'd won day one until we got an hour into day two. Adam Boland, he's a gun. He yep. is a star. I mean, we saw Scotty, him take, yeah. what, five for six in um, in the Ashes series yeah. uh, last season. So Yet he's number, what, five or six in the Australian rankings, yeah. like behind uh, yeah, superstars they've got. Time to time. Yeah. So South Australia, they're, they're, they're playing a different game plan this year. They're not going to play spin unless you've got an absolute dust bowl. I think they're quick. Their, their complement of quicks is very good. Yeah. The problem with the batting is that if Travis Head and Alex Carey don't fire on marginal wickets, you just you worry about our firepower and our, and our ability to lose momentum and lose wickets quickly. Yeah. And that's what happened again today. So second ball, Weatherall, who's a good player, nicked mm. one. Carter looked okay and then gave a pretty soft one to mid-off. A couple of guys nicked through the middle order. Um, McSweeney, we are talking about Nathan McSweeney, who I think is a, is a good player, but I just... I'm not convinced on his role, batting number seven and then being sort of the part-time spinner if we need one. So, Where's Pope? I don't think he'll play unless we get really significantly turning wickets. We were talking about this last night. It's a yeah. huge challenge, Bone, because South Australia used to play on Adelaide Oval, big ground. Now we're playing as many games on Karen Rolton Oval. I tell you what, mate, it is a postage stamp. And if you're bowling leg spin on a postage stamp yeah. with blokes who've got barn doors for cricket bats... It's a tough gig. You're fielding on Main North Road, aren't you? Or, uh, Port Road, yeah. yeah. yeah correct. Port Road. Stick someone in the foyer of the New Royal Adelaide Hospital yeah. because that's where you're getting hit to. It's, it's a really tough gig. I don't know what the future is for the Lloyd Popes of the world because in particular at this time of year, you are always going to get slow, slightly seeming wickets yeah. and that just plays into the hands of a guy like Adam Boland. So 
Um, I, I'm certainly not giving up on the Redbacks. I think they'll be really competitive this year. I think they'll have a lot of games where they'll take 20 wickets. Yep. We've just got to find with the batting that we've got a capacity to put runs on the board and you're going to play on marginal wickets. Hobart is always a bit dicey. Um, Alan Borderfield, you should have seen that wicket. It was as green as the synthetic grass they've got going on over there, the big tab sign here. So you're going to be playing on wickets that are, are 200, 250 is going to be a good score as often as not. You've got to find ways of getting that plus a bit of GST. Is the Western Australian kid a superstar that they've Something unbelievable. Yeah, really? yeah. So uh, Wiley, Teague Wiley, his yes. name is, made the most incredible 100 against uh, New South Wales. When at the no one else could make a run. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and was hitting straight down the ground, playing the most elegant straight non-drives you've ever seen. It wasn't just flashes to wide balls. Now, here's something pretty special. You get 100 um, in first-class cricket before you've turned 19. There's not many who've done it. Yeah. And you're talking about guys like Greg Chappell. Uh, Ricky Ponting. Ponting yeah. Remember Tony Handrakan? Yeah, yeah, he did, yeah, yeah. You know, he, he flamed out a bit early. He's probably a bit before his time, Tony. He was a real wonderful player early in his career, but there's only six who've done it in history. Three South Australians. Um, Colin, Colin Andrews, I think it was. Colin, I should remember, his from the 1920s. And then... I know um, about you a bit before my time. You might remember hooky, but Richie and I are a bit, you know, past 1920. Yes. Hendrick and Greg. <laughs> you follow me in other sports? We've, you know, we've been talking about the basketball, the live golf. I mean, that looks like it possibly be coming to Adelaide. I can talk to you about that as yeah, well. Yeah, well, no, no, basketball. It might, might, have you seen Wet and Young, the, the, the big boy, the seven-foot-four bloke, uh, who's an 18-year-old? Um, in the NBA? Yes, so he's just played two trial games over the last couple of days. Scored 39. Oh, no. Two days ago, 37. He's seven foot five. Um, and I, I, I've been watching him with my son all day today. And now he's got him. He's French. And he stood next to Rudy Gobert, who's seven foot one, <laughs> and dwarfed him. Look. This kid, they said he's so far number one pick next year. That the club that picks him, they're talking about a $500 million improvement to their fundraising and ability to sell stuff on the back. You, you've got to see this kid. He, he shoots threes like Damien Lillard. Yeah. And he's 7'5". And, and, and he can, yeah, just drop in a, a dunk as well. He is, when they say generational players, this bloke's got LeBron, even LeBron said. Yeah. Yeah. He, can, he, goes, he, he, goes, he goes okay. He goes okay. Hey, um... <laughs> Former player at Glenelg, former player at the Crows. Do you catch up with any of the old boys? Uh, we occasionally get together for a lemonade or two or three, and uh, it's it's funny because you know past, we've all gone past, different ways. Past player groups at footy clubs are really important these days, aren't yeah. they? Adelaide Crows haven't done it well, and I've been a bit critical. critical. I'm not sure what what rigid things, but uh, of their um, priority of it, and I understand, you know. A lot games on. to win, members to serve, people to look after, seasons to, to deal with. But I think it's a really important part of a footy club and that culture and that history that's probably just dropped off. And I think, I don't think it'll ever can get brought back. They've got to put a line in the sand soon and say, where do we respect it? Is it now just 2,000 onwards? But otherwise you're losing years and years of players that have done a lot for the footy club, still want to be associated daily, weekly, whatever, 
but just don't feel an attachment. Was it difficult in your era where everyone was a, it was a conglomerate? You still had your links to Glenelg and you know guys had their links to Port Adelaide and North Adelaide and West and those sorts of things. Did that has that made it a bit more challenging to get that established because guys had that original link? Uh, from my perspective, no. Yeah. I you know, think you know. I know when. Um, you know, Tony and I, Tony McGuinness and yep. I started, we made a pretty strong decision that this was the club and as much as you love Glenelg, Glenelg yep. and your other, it had to be all about where you were and the other place just had to be parked and, you know, the, you knew you, there was a time where you'd go back, but it was too important. So um, it, it's just, it's lost its way and... Maybe the world's changed, and maybe that era was just an era, and it's moved on from that, and it's just a, an old era that we like. A bit like, you know, watching Bradman make his hundreds back in the day. When you think, he's bowling fruit, that bloke. I'd make a hundred <laughs> against him, but so you know, it, it's a, it's a hard call, but it's a history's always a great memory and maybe that's where it should stay as a great memory. We're here at Greyhound Racing SA, uh, you're the CEO of Little Heroes, um, the Adopt a Greyhound program, if anyone wants to adopt a Greyhound, $150 donated to Little Heroes, so get on board. Yeah, and it's been magnificent, we're here down here in a couple of weeks time, so I think it's Saturday, October the 22nd, uh, I'm down here for adoption day, so it's always a good chance to come along, say day, see 25 Greyhounds, see them all get adopted on the day and um, puts a little money back in the uh, back pocket of Little Heroes Foundation. Bone, great to chat to you. Thanks so much for your time and uh, enjoy the night. Good on you, boys. Thanks, Thanks Good to see you, Richard. Good on you. Chris McDermott there from the Little Heroes you Foundation. Too, of I course. didn't mean not you. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm very. He's he's all about. He's the special man. I'm oh, just uh, just the just the the conveyor You're just belt. a pretty face. <laughs> Lumo Energy SA, 100% Australian owned with energy plans and great local awards made for South Australia. Don't go away. Plenty more to come right here on Sports Day. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year, and Lumo SA, Aussie owned, made for South Australia. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year, and Lumo SA, Aussie owned, made for South Australia. It's the final term here on Sports Day. We're coming to you live from Angle Park for Greyhound Racing SA's Tab Adelaide Cup. Time to do a quick trade wrap. Thanks to Continental Tyres, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. One of the names that did pop up today and has sort of bubbled under the surface for the last few days, Richard Douglas, is your great former teammate, Matthew Crouch. Do you think there is another home for him and do you think he should pursue it if there is? Oh, I'd like to think so, and absolutely he should. He loves living in Adelaide, but he wants to play AFL football. So I can't see him playing at the Crows. Obviously not a part of Nixie's plan. West Coast have showed a little bit of interest. So if I was him, I'd be looking to move him to West Coast, move to West Coast. And I know the Crows are looking for another list spot, spot or two. Um, so well, so we, we, he's bought a house in Adelaide, got an Adelaide partner. Yeah. Um, expecting a baby all of those things if you were advising him what would you tell him to do well you want to play AFL football that's you you got a short you can always move back to Adelaide post your football career sure. so he's probably got three to four years of AFL footy left just go and do it you know you never get the chance again go and do it uh, he needs to go to a club though or a club should be seeking him someone that obviously looking for an inside player, but have got some outside players that can complement him yeah so at Adelaide you've also got Keys, you've got Laird 
Crouch, same type of player. Got a lot of insiders so he and slips. not enough outsiders to so compliment he him. Needs, he obviously loves getting the ball, getting it out. Get it out to your users, you guys who are going to compliment him, make him look good. But um, sadly, I don't seem obviously a part of the Crows' future, but West Coast would be a good fit for him given that they're looking to bounce back pretty quick next year. Can I just give you a quick rundown? I mentioned Live Golf before the break. Uh, Adelaide is firming as a favourite to have a Live Golf event, $35 million purse next year. It is quite amazing. There are still a few hurdles to get through, and the one thing that you can't do is you can't get the governing body on board because they have links to all of the other tours and if once you link up with Live Golf you know that your exemptions into the DP World Tour, your links into uh, the Open Championship if you have a good result in the Australian Open are going to get dropped off but my understanding is that Victoria is definitely out, they are out right from the start because they do have strong links to the PGA Tour and uh, the New South Wales is now out as well. So Adelaide and the Grange Golf Club is starting to firm up. That's uh, pretty exciting. Just want to give uh, Toddy Gray's tips once again because we are at Greyhound Racing SA. His best is race 11, number four. His value is race seven, number three and number six. And his Adelaide Cup tip is each way race, uh, n- race eight, numbers one and number three. Well, that wraps us up, my man. We are going to catch you on Monday, so have a great weekend. There's so much going on. Uh, Trade up to Continental Tires this trade period. And uh, I'll tell you what else. Head to Betfair Live Markets for the Caulfield Guineas Day and bat or lay bet. Gamble responsibly call 1-800-858-858. Good night, Dougie, and uh, to all our listeners. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year, and Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi-finals. all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.